Okay, guys, we're in lesson uh, three today. We're going to talk about conquering the land. And we're going to do this whole issue of taking the land. This is the second section of, of, um, of Joshua. We're going to do this in two lessons. Today we're going to focus on the central campaign. Next week we're going to talk about the southern and northern campaign. Okay? The southern and nor northern campaign. So they, they took, with their army, they took time to take sections of Israel and we can't cover it all in one lesson, so we're just going to focus on the central campaign. Now, when we look at the central campaign, we're only going to focus on them taking two cities. Just know that when they went in, they took all of the cities in that central area. But the scripture, remember, the scripture, it's a historical book. They're not going to give you the details of everything. But rather, they're going to give you the details of what you need to know. Do you understand what I'm saying? What God wants you to know and what shows you something about the Lord and even maybe shows you something about your own life. And so again, we're going to cover a lot of material, so we're not going to um, read all of these passages. We may look at some of the passages as we go through. So let's take a look at it. First of all, we're going to talk about the destruction of Jericho. Remember last week we looked at the spies being sent out, being sent to Jericho to spy out the land. The spies were hid by Rahab. Spies made a promise to Rahab that she would be okay because she basically talked, told them everything about them being fearful of the Jews and so forth. So we're going to talk about the fall of Jericho. So here's what we're going to see. First of all, as with everything, Joshua, before he begins what he's going to do, he's going to spend some time with the Lord. Okay, so you're going to see that. Chapter 1, very beginning, he's talking to the Lord about what he should do. And God is telling him what he should do. So the Lord encouraged Joshua and instructed him concerning how to take Jericho. All right, so the Lord encouraged Joshua and instructed him concerning how to take Jericho. In fact, the Lord's just going to tell him flat out what he needs to do. Okay? So Joshua commanded the Israelites to march around the city silently as the priests blew their horns. Now they're doing this, they're told to do this for seven days. That's quite a strategy, isn't it? You know, you're taking a city, and so what are you going to do? You're going to have your whole army led by the Ark of the Covenant with the priests with their horns, marching around the city. Now, we're not talking about marching around Kerbinsville. Okay? It's a big city, walled. And so they're probably out of the, out of the range of being shot at by arrows, but they're marching around the city silently. Silently. For seven days. Every day. Same time, go out, only the priests are blowing their horns. Isn't that interesting? Okay? On the seventh day, Joshua tells them, the Israelites were to march around the city seven times. Now, when I read that, I thought, you know, okay, <clears throat> you exert a lot of energy when you're going to battle, right? Right? Now, marching around, 
I, I, okay, a walk. Seven times? Unless you're trained for it. I mean, that, that's a lot, isn't it? Well, I guess they've been wandering for 40 years, right? They probably got good calluses on their feet, right? Okay. So here they are. They're marching around seven times. That's what they're told to do. And after the seventh time, the horns were to be blown and the people were to shout. And Joshua said, because the Lord has given them the city. Okay? So after the seventh time, the horns would be blown and the people were to all shout. Okay? That's the instructions. That's how you're going to take a city. I can tell you right now, that is nobody in the military today would listen to that. Okay? They're going to wonder, how do you breach that wall? What kind of siege machines are we going to need? How do you attack that thing? So Joshua commanded that everything was to be destroyed and nothing could be taken. Now, this is a key command here. For some reason, only the Lord knows why he decided to do this. But the Lord put a ban on the city. Now, when I say a ban, that is a term used to mean a term of destruction. And so he, the Lord basically said, the city is mine. Everything in the city is mine. And you are to destroy everything. And the gold and silver are then to be brought into the treasury of the Lord. Okay? Because there would be gold and silver in a big city like that, right? But everything else was be destroyed. That means kill everything, kill every animal, burn everything. All right, so that Joshua is letting them know right off the bat, you're not to take anything from this. If you do that, he even says, you will bring a curse upon Israel. You will affect Israel by doing that. Now, isn't that interesting? If somebody takes something from the city, it's going to affect everybody. That's what Joshua is telling them. If you read the passage, it makes it very clear. All right? So, here's what happens. They go through this process, march around the city once for six days. On the seventh day, they march around seven times. The horns are sound. The people shout. So when the people shouted, the walls of the city fell down flat, and Israel took the city. All right, now what, what impresses you about that? Is that normal? I don't like my house. March around it seven times, blow a horn, shout. Watch it fall down, right? Does that is this normal? Can they do this on their own? So they must have some powerful voices, right? The sonic shock of all of them yelling did this, right? Now, who did this? Yes, the Lord did it, because only the Lord could do that, right? So when they say they took Jericho, could they say, oh man, we took Jericho? No, they wouldn't say that. They would say, the Lord gave us Jericho, right? The Lord gave us Jericho. So when the people shouted, uh, the walls of the city fell down flat, and Israel took the city. Now, Israel utterly destroyed the city as the Lord had commanded. Now, Israel utterly destroyed the city as the Lord had commanded. Now, this is a good place to stop because this is what sometimes is raised 
as an objection to Christianity and, and as an objection to our God. How many of you ever heard that? That, oh my goodness, you believe in a God who would do that? Ever heard that before? Okay, it's pretty common. You'll see it out there. What happens is, is that people have a misunderstanding of who God is. Why they say that is because they misunderstand who God is. What do you mean, George? Well, what they do is they have this concept because we accidentally communicate this. Just going to be honest with you, we accidentally communicate this. We communicate that God loves everybody. And God doesn't want them to go to hell. And because God is love, he would never do something like this. We, we, we just talk about God not wanting terrible things to happen. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, that's true, but it's only a half-truth. What do you mean, a half-truth? Well, what we forget is about the other part of the character of God. That God is a just God who executes judgment on the wicked. That is, God is a judge who demands a price to be paid for the sins of this world. And so God executes judgment. So what are you talking about here? Well, you remember earlier, God made it very clear to Moses and in the, in the first five books that when they take the land, he was going to execute judgment on who? The Canaanites. For what? Their sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? God executes judgment for their sin. See, you say, I don't, was that even right? Yes, it is right. Because remember, all the way back to the garden, the Lord told Adam and Eve, if you take of this tree, you will surely what? Die. Why would they die? Because of their sin. See, the reason why we have physical death today is not because we don't know how to cure everything. and We can't stop the aging process. The reason why we have physical death today is because people sin. Do you understand? People sin. And so sin brings what, folks? Death. Isn't that what Paul says in Romans? For the wages of sin is what? Death. And so when God goes in and he wipes out people, he's using that army as a what? A tool of his judgment. How do you know that, George? Are you sure? That's, that blows my mind that God would do that. Well, you know what? I have a, I have to... I want to encourage you to do something. I would like you to read the prophets. Start with any of the major prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, especially Jeremiah and Isaiah. It's very clear that God says that he would use the Babylonians as what? The tool of his judgment on who? His own children, Israel. Wow, would God do that? Yeah. Why? His justice. Now, the reason why we have a hard time wrapping our brain around that is because we think in terms of human beings. And we think in terms of human beings because human beings are corrupt, and so we think it's like a personal slight thing or whatever. No, no, you can't think of terms of God like that. There is no sin in God. God does not sin. So God is perfect love, but he's also perfect justice. And while he's willing that none of the wicked should perish, he also has to what? Punish. So let me ask you something, parents. When your kids did wrong and you were wrestling with whether or not to deal with them, 
You dealt with them not because you were cruel and mean, right? You dealt with them because they needed it. Do you understand? See, God does the same thing, so we need to understand that. So here, God ordered, and they did, they utterly destroyed the city as the Lord had commanded. You need to understand that. See, here's the thing I need everybody to understand. If you don't have Jesus, what happens? If you don't have Jesus, what happens to a person? Yeah, judgment. I mean, we need to grasp that point. Is that because God's being mean? No. It's because they have chosen to what? Rebel against God. Do you understand? And God has to punish them. Here's the other thing. So Joshua spared Rahab and her family from being destroyed because she helped the spies. Now it's interesting. When you read the passage, it says, and all of her relatives. Guess what she must have been doing? Hey, everybody, come to my house. <laughs> hey, Cousin Joe, you better come to my house. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? You think she was getting people into her house because she knew what was coming? So it says, and everybody in her household must have been a big apartment, huh? They were probably jammed in there. You know what I'm saying? Scared to death because they hear, were hearing what was going on. But Joshua spared them. as what? Because the promise had been made to her. Because she helped. And she also had faith, didn't she? She also had faith in the God who was coming. All right? So Joshua pronounced then, if you read this, this is interesting, because Jericho exists today. It's interesting. Jericho exists today, but when they tore it down, Joshua pronounced a, a curse on anybody who would ever rebuild that city. Whoever rebuilt that city would be cursed. Okay? So you see that in the end of chapter 6. So now we come to chapter 7, because we're going to take on the next city Hey, you think after that victory, you think they're doing pretty good, you think they're feeling pretty good about their chances now of taking the land? I mean, they just wiped out this mighty city. They're probably feeling pretty good. They're going to do it. Till you come to verse 1 of chapter 7, and this is interesting. The writer points out that Achan took of the accursed things in Jericho and doomed Israel. Now, I thought this was interesting. Rather than just going through the story and introducing us to Achan, it just, you could tell this is Joshua's record of what's going on. It just begins, it just begins with Achan caused a problem, folks, and it doomed us. And so here's what happened. That's what's going on in verse 1, okay? So let's talk about it. Israel attacked Ai with a small force, thinking that they could easily take the city. Because here's what happens. So the next place they're going to go to is Ai. And Ai is probably not big. It would be like, in our thinking, okay, so let's say, let's say Clearfield is a big town, a big city, okay? Ai would be, are you ready for this? Kelly Town. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That would be, well, Kelly Town's a town, isn't it? Okay. Is it like Clearfield? Some of you are like laughing because you know, you're, or Boardman, okay? All right, now listen. 
This is the same type of thing. It just took Jericho. Next thing is AI. Kelly Town. Do you think you need a huge army to take that? No. And that's what the leaders said to Joshua. Joshua, you know what? We don't need to take everyone. We just need a small force and we'll take care of this. This is insignificant compared to what just happened. Only makes sense, right? Only makes sense. Yeah, but that's not the way it ended up. Israel was defeated by AI and 36 Israelites were killed. That had to be a shock. I mean, they just took Jericho, the great walled city, destroyed it, killed everybody. Now they're going after this village and they get defeated. What is going on? I thought God's given us the land, right? That's what's going on in this passage. So guess what Joshua does? Joshua prayed. Now, literally, the passage tells you he tore his clothes. This is a Jewish sign of mourning. It still is. They tear their clothes. Sometimes they throw ashes on their head. So he's going in there, and he's basically questioning God concerning the defeat. He's questioning the Lord concerning the defeat. He's going there saying, God, I don't understand what's going on. Why did you allow this to happen? So he thinks the problem's with God, right? When you read this, he thinks God didn't show up. That's what Joshua is thinking. Yeah, but the Lord responds. The Lord rebuked Joshua and stated that Israel had sinned by taking the accursed things. When you read the passage, it's very clear that this is a rebuke. Basically, he's like, whoa, deal with this. Somebody took her the accursed things and Israel has sinned. Wow. Now let's just stop for a moment. How thick, I mean, you got a million people, all right, million people. How big do you think their army is? How big do you think their army is? Just take a guess. All right, let's just say, let's say a third of them, okay? 300,000, 300,000 men, okay? 300,000 men go into a city and they defeat the city, they take the city. One guy, one guy out of 300,000 decides, boy, that looks sweet. That would look good in my house. That piece of clothing would look good on my woman. Nobody's going to know. Did you know what I'm Nobody's going to know. Don't, don't we get tempted like that? Nobody's going to know. And he takes it. Problem is, somebody did know. Who was the somebody? Wow, that tells you something about God, doesn't it? Nothing is hidden from him, even if there's 300,000 dudes taking a city. Nothing is hidden from him. Wow, isn't that amazing? So the Lord rebuked Joshua and stated that Israel had sinned by taking the accursed things. Now, Joshua judged Israel and Achan was exposed as the sinner. Now this is very interesting how it happened. So what they do is Joshua has to judge. So what they do is they bring all of Israel by tribe before Joshua. And with spiritual insight, they took one tribe. The other tribes were let go. So then they got to let the tribe pass by and they pass by by clans down to families. 
And then somehow it's like the Lord says, that's the guy. And they confront Achan. Achan, what did you do? What did you do, Achan? Isn't that interesting how God does that? We don't operate that way, do we? You know, who took the cookie? Pass by. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, we don't do that, but that's what they're doing here, you know. And and uh, Joshua judged, and Achan was exposed as the sinner. So here's what happened. Our, wait a minute, let's, let's go back, okay? Our natural human reaction is, are you kidding me? A piece of silk? One bar of whatever, and gold, and silver, and that's affecting everybody? We don't think in terms of that, because we think... Can I be honest with you? We think our sin really doesn't hurt anybody else. Isn't that interesting? It's my little secret. Nobody else has to know. But what does it reveal to us here? You say, we don't get our theology from history books, George. I understand that, but it's pointing something out here that needs to be considered and we do see this in other parts of the scripture, especially the scriptures that do teach us theology and doctrine and how we should live. And that is, is that your sin affects other people. Bottom line. Isn't that what Paul says? A little leaven leavens the what? The whole lump. There he's talking about sin. You know what I'm saying? put one rot rotten apple in the barrel, what happens? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. See, this is the point. This is what's going on here. And, and so God has to deal with it so that the people can, can continue on. And so uh, Achan is judged, and not just Achan, but his whole family, everything he has, they stoned them. In fact, they stoned them so much, they didn't even need to bury them because they buried them underneath all of the rocks from a million people. God judged them for their sin. Wow. So, then we come to chapter 8. Chapter 8 is the victory at Ai. Okay? So now, hey, do you think you would be nervous? <laughs> You're not going to be confident now about taking the next city, right? Especially now after you got body slammed because some guy did something wrong. You're going to be like, okay, we already lost 36 there. Uh, should we do this? Should we do this? And I think this is amazing. This is the, the this is what the Lord is like. The Lord encouraged Joshua not to be afraid about attacking AI. That's the wonderful thing about our Lord. Here's here here's the thing. I can remember. I'm going to talk about myself now. I can remember as a teenager when I really messed up, and buddy, I messed up sometimes. Okay, and. You face the wrath of mom and dad. Now, after even facing the wrath of mom and dad, did everything, I can tell you, things did not get back to normal in the house. You guys remember those kind of times? And you're just kind of like sheepish, walking on eggshells, afraid of doing something else, right? Afraid of doing anything. You don't even want to breathe wrong. Because you're afraid of the hammer dropping again. Am I the only one who was like that? I must have been a really bad kid. 
Okay? That's natural, right? Joshua's acting the same way. Boy, how do we do this? Because we think that's a, I mean, Lord, I'm leading them and I'm going to do what you want me to do, but I got a I got 300,000 men and who's to say they won't do this again? Right? You're thinking that you're nervous. Isn't it just like the Lord after he deals with us about our sin? He comes along and he what? Pick yourself up. Let's move on. Pick yourself up. Let's move on. He encourages you. Do you understand? He loves you. He accepts you. Don't be afraid. You do what I tell you to do. He gives you another what, folks? Chance. You know, when I was in, uh, when I was in university at Liberty, that was when uh, Jerry Sr. was alive, Dr. Jerry Falwell was alive. He used to have a sermon that he preached every year. Now, after you've been there a while, you just kind of got tired of it, but it's an encouraging. It was the God of the second chances. God of second chances. And he is. Isn't he? Isn't that wonderful? That the Lord is a God, actually a third, fourth, fiftieth, one hundred, two thousands chances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, seven times seven. Seventy times seven. Yeah. God forgives. And he gets us to move on. And that's what he's doing here with Joshua. Okay, let's go. We got we got work to do, Josh. Let's do this. He encourages him. Not to be afraid about attacking Ai. So the Lord commanded Joshua to destroy Ai, and this time he allowed them to take the spoils. All right? The Lord commanded Joshua to destroy Ai and allowed them to take the spoils for Israel. So this time he says, okay, the guys can take what they want. Take what they want. So Joshua devised a plan to take the city by drawing the men of Ai into an ambush. So he breaks the, he, this time he takes everybody. Talk about wanting to make sure that they get this done right, okay? And he says, okay, I want some of you to be over here hiding. I'm going to approach the city. We'll draw the men out. When we draw the men out, you do what you do. Take the city and it'll be ours. And that's what they did. They followed this plan. And so the men of Ai were drawn into a trap and the city was destroyed. So here they are. They've got people waiting, in hiding. Joshua approaches with a force from the front. The men of Ai come out to face Joshua. Joshua retreats a little bit. The men chase after them. And then guess what? This other force comes down, takes the city, and starts burning it. And they have the men surrounded and they wipe the city out. Joshua built an altar to the Lord, it says in the last part of chapter 8, on Mount Elbel and sacrificed to him. So the, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, sacrificed animals, and then here's what he did. He then read all the words of the law before the assembly of Israel. He then read all of the words of the law to the assembly of Israel. But again, the covenant, recommitting them to the covenant, reminding them of the curses and blessing. Now, you think that would be fresh in their minds, what just happened to Achan? Yeah. Would you think it would be fresh in their minds about the defeat they had at Ai because of sin? Yeah, you can see why Joshua is rereading the law. He's like, okay, guys, remember Moses told us about this. Okay, Moses told us about this. 